so I delegated all the work to them. So their due diligence and, uh, you know, the final approval for the tenant has to be mine. So are you a real estate investor looking to sharpen your skills or a newbie looking to become one? You're in the right place. Welcome to Where Should I Invest? Real Estate Investing in Canada with your host, Sarah Larby. Welcome back. I'm Sarah Larby and I hope you are enjoying your week, enjoying the weather. I definitely am. You know, it's uh, the first time in many years, thanks to retiring from the nine to five job that I've been able to enjoy the summer. And I am literally doing what I love to do, doing transactions, doing deals. But I am really like at this point, I think I'm working like five to 10 hours. I mean, a lot of it is like right club stuff um, that I'm doing, but I am on the dock most of the days and enjoying some company and food and drinks. Life is good. And I'll tell you, it wouldn't have been this way if I didn't start investing in real estate. So I hope you guys are also on your way. And today's guest, I wanted to introduce Arun. Arun Takur is actually a former student of mine. We found a, uh, his first deal was a fiveplex in Welland, and we talk about that. He's done an amazing job scaling from there afterwards, and it's just amazing to see because he came with his wife to Canada in 2015, and he has done tremendous to this day, just taking action, getting things done, doing deals. And we talk about how to work with your spouse, making it work as a family, taking action, finding deals. Now Arun is actually finding some off-market deals and he's also doing a little bit of wholesaling on top of being a landlord and doing some really awesome deals. So I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Don't forget to live life, live your dream, continue doing what you want to do and uh, say no to what you don't. The more you say no to things that you don't want to do, the more free you'll find that you'll become. So I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. And again, if you need anything, reach out. I am on Instagram as well, which is at Investor Sarah Larby. See you guys soon. And let's bring in Arun. Arun, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, Sarah. Doing good. How are you? Good, good. I'm so excited to have you because I looked at your journey since the last year and a half, two years that we've known each other. And, uh, and I would just say, wow, like you, you took the information, you got, you know, somewhere and you are just on fire. So I want to share that story with the listeners. And for those people listening, Arun is a student of mine and hired me before he found his first property. So we're going to, we're going to dissect that a little bit. And I'm, I'm super excited to see that, you know, even after we, we, we stopped working together, you are continuing uh, to do some really awesome things. So we will talk about that too. But before we, we do, can you give the listeners a little bit of your background and why real estate was of interest to you and your wife? Sure. Uh, so uh, we moved to Canada in 2015 from US, been in the US for six, seven years. And I bought my primary residence in 2015. So afterwards, I've been thinking for real estate for a few years, uh, but never had a chance or courage to jump into it uh, until we hired a coach. Uh, and then 2020, we bought a fiveplex uh, after working with you, Sarah. Uh, and um, I also delved into wholesaling. Uh, so we, I, I did three wholesale deals last year. And uh, this year, the focus is to grow 
that wholesaling business and also the multifamily business um, acquire more properties this year. But yeah, thank you for that great introduction. I think it would have not been possible without hiring a coach and, you know, having that courage and uh, team to be in place to get that done. That, that's really cool. So did you think that you were going to buy a fiveplex as your first one? No, absolutely not. Uh, I was scared. And uh, before that, actually, I put an offer for two deals. Uh, one of them fell through for some issue with the property. Other one did not go through, uh, through the wholesaling just because of uh, more debt on the seller side. So I had no idea I was going to acquire a multifamily uh, property. Uh, it was too scary. Uh, absolutely. No. And, and, and it's a really cool deal, but I, I want to get into that a little further down. But so you, you wanted to, you know, get into real estate investing. Was there like a reason why real estate investing rather than maybe like stocks or mutual funds or something different that like, what, what, what was it about real estate that, it, that made you say, this is where I want to invest? Uh, well, I, I, I'm, I am an investor in stocks and mutual funds as well, but uh, real estate is a vehicle which I think um, I've seen many people acquire financial freedom and time freedom. So, you know, this is one asset I think I, I should be on as well to, to gain that momentum and um, go for a higher purpose in life, uh, which, which I wanted to do later on. Awesome. Now you, you have small kids, you have a family. Was it easy convincing, you know, everybody to, to jump on board with that vision? Did you guys both share the vision from the start? How did that work? Uh, not really. I was uh, dreaming most of it, but didn't take any action. And, uh, you know, when, when you're dreaming and you're not taking any action, uh, your partner looks at you and uh, they don't see any results. So there's always going to be some friction here and there, but uh, yeah, uh, you know, I got my wife on the same page now, so she's fully supportive. I would have not been able to done uh, been able to done this before without her support. Uh, yeah, I do have two kids. One is five year old and two and a half, so they definitely keep us busy. But you know, with proper guidance from coaches and help, I've been able to systemize my personal life as well as the uh, investing life. Both of them. Very cool. So when we started working together, I know we identified, you know, Welland and, and a couple other areas as well as, as possible uh, options for you. And, and you ended up closing on that fiveplex. But before that, I, I do want to talk about that wholesale deal, because I think that's a, an interesting story. And, you know, he, here's the thing is, is oftentimes, even on Instagram, we share the wins we share and you do have some wins, definitely. But, you know, there are some struggles along the way. And this is the, the realistic part, right? There's some ups and there's some downs. And, you know, before you found this awesome fiveplex, you also found a really cool, you know, super inexpensive deal in Welland and that unfortunately fell through. Are you able to share? I mean, we, obviously we, we won't name names or, or, or streets or anything, but are you able to share the story? Because I'll tell you, this is, you know, it doesn't happen all the time, but this is some of the stuff that like we have to, as investors, be ready for the ups and the downs of, uh, of what can happen being an investor. Absolutely agreed. You know, it's not uh, all full of roses, uh, what we think it is. On the other side, uh, there is work involved. So talking about my second deal, which fell through, um, it was a less than $200,000 deal, uh, two bedroom, one bath. I was looking to get my feet, feet wet doing that deal. Uh, and, uh, I, I, you know, it was a wholesale deal. So I submitted my deposit and everything, but the seller has more debt on their house than they, what they were able to sell me. So 
that fell through. I have to go to the other lawyer's uh, office to get that check back. Uh, so I was kind of demotivated at that time, but I knew that, you know, even after falling two deals uh, through, I can still make it work. That persistence is needed. And uh, uh, thanks to you, Sarah, absolutely. Like you helped me to look, look at many deals afterwards. We looked at many deals afterward together and this one kind of makes sense. Uh, but you know, there's never going to be hundred percent surety in anything. Uh, you have to take risk. I, I, there were a few things which could have gone wrong with this deal too. So, so you have to jump in with that certainty, even if you know what, what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'll tell you, there is no, and you, you said it too, there's no perfect deal, right? There's a deal that's going to be good and, and it's going to be important for us to, to work on it, to make it even better. And then, and then just to go back, cause I, I think that like, and you, and you said it well, so you bought this property off of the wholesaler, wholesaler did what they could. And then when they went to the lawyers and they were doing their due diligence, they realized that there's actually a lien on the actual property that was more than what you actually paid for, for the property. And the seller was just very delusional. And ironically, she ended up like, you know, wanting to sell it and, and rent something else. Um, but didn't even realize that she owed more money on the house than what she actually sold it to the wholesaler for, which is less than, you know, and, and technically she owed more than what you even bought it for. So there's just, there was no way to make this deal work. Unfortunately, it could have been a good deal, but I think, I think your fiveplex was, was even better. So walk us through, you know, how you found the fiveplex and then how you were able to make it, you know, a, a good deal over time. Sure. So fiveplex I found through MLS. Uh, that was through one of the realtor you connected me through. And uh, so, you know, we went through this property. Uh, the seller was selling his fourplex, which was a uh, property next to it, and a fiveplex, uh, which was this property. So uh, the rents were uh, low uh, for three tenants, which were in place at that time. And um, there was one other unit which was vacant, but the other one, other four were all filled in. So we walked through the property. Um, there was a supervisor who was managing the property, both of his properties, so his rent was low as well. So, uh, you know, we looked at all the factors, like we have one vacant unit, uh, we have the supervisor. If he is doing the job for those two properties, he's not going to be doing that anymore. So maybe we can increase his rent. Um, there was also a garage attached to the property. Maybe we can increase the uh, rent for the garage or add, add rent for the garage. So, you know, all those strategies uh, were in, we were thinking about those. Uh, so yeah, we, we, we went with all those. I calculated my numbers and um, looking, at the, looking at the numbers, I mean, in multifamily NOI, it is where it is. Uh, so I've been able to significantly increase that going forward. And instead of one vacant unit, two, two units became vacant which was a blessing. So I was able to renovate them a bit and add more, um, yeah, add more renovations to it, push the hydro bill to the tenants. And um, luckily the third unit also got vacant. So I was also able to renovate that a bit. So we have three new tenants and, uh, you know, and now I got a significantly increased. And uh, this year the plan is to refinance that uh, apartment building pull that money out and put it into another multiplex. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. 
Hey, I just want to take a moment and interrupt the podcast to introduce you to my mortgage broker, Dahlia Barsoom, and her team at Streetwise Mortgages. Because everything around us is changing, the world as we know it is not going to be the same. COVID-19, the economic crisis is a time of uncertainty for many of us. And the lending and real estate landscape, they're changing quite rapidly day by day. Today's financing and investment decisions are going to be different than the ones that we made yesterday. Dahlia and her team are going to be able to help us maneuver through all of this. They're property investors themselves, so they've worked with thousands of real estate investors across Ontario, and they have their pulse and their finger on what's happening around us in real time from a real estate financing and investments point of view. Her team of advisors are committed to helping us keep informed and get that up-to-date information. And they're also gonna be able to help us navigate through this crisis to also mitigate and minimize any financial distress during this whole transition, and also help us emerge out of this in a strong financial position so that we can leverage ourselves for some great opportunities that are going to be coming to us. They've been able to help many investors in times like this by really planning out your plan for the good, but also for the bad, because these circumstances that are happening are going to be very individual for all of us. And they're going to help navigate three key parts, financial stability, financial agility, and opportunity, and help you manage through those three things. When it comes to stability, how can you enhance your reserves and your liquidity to weather the storm? You're going to have different plans, so it's important to get that individualized plan. How can you utilize mortgage payment deferrals? Should you? Should you not? Why or why not? Any debt restructuring opportunities, those are all things that Dahlia and her team can help you work with. Now, when it comes to financial agility, there's some things that you might want to talk about are how do you make some improvements to your monthly budget so that you can increase your cash flow? Are there any financing tools that you can use to cover some short-term cash flow deficits? When it comes to opportunity, there's going to be some great opportunity that's going to come out of this. How can you set yourself up? for success. So her and her team are going to be able to help you maneuver through these things and create a plan, not only for the good times, but also in times like this, so that you can handle the storm and come out ahead. Feel free to reach out to Dahlia and her team at info at streetwisemortgages.com or go to her website, streetwisemortgages.com. And now back to the show. Yeah, no, that, that's really cool. And, and, you know, as tenants turn over that are underpaying, that's a good thing, right? So you can actually, yeah. so when you're, you're doing a, a burr on a multifamily, you, unfortunately, the majority of the time you're taking it, you know, fully tenanted, you know, it, the, the nice thing is you had that one vacant unit that was actually somebody that was, you know, a tenant that was not very cooperative, but ended up being vacant on, on your possession date, which worked out awesome. And then you had two more, you know, that, that changed over. So out of five in the, in the first, what was it? Six months, you had three that you were able to reset back to, to market rents, clean up a little bit and go from there. And then I guess you've got two right now that are, um, I, I could probably figure out which ones they are <laughs> just, just based on having done the walkthrough with you, you probably have a lifer in one of them. And I can't, I can't remember the other one off the top of my head, but I, you know, I think unit five is a lifer. And, and what did you end up doing with the garage? So the garage was uh, a part of uh, a service which uh, which comes with tenancies. So we found out we cannot really increase the rent. So, you know, it was uh, accommodated in the rent, although I was able to do 
a 2.2 increase uh, Ontario government allows last year, which is gonna freeze this year, next this year. So, so yeah, that that did bump up the rent a little bit for those two remaining units. So yeah, it worked out to be okay for us. All right, cool. Now you're looking at refinancing it. So how did you go about, if you can share with the listeners, managing tenants? I mean, you're you're brand new. I mean, you know, I you know, some people choose to, to self do it, do it themselves. Some people choose to hire it out. The management piece and then the, the tenant placements, you know, walk us through what, uh, what your decision was on that and how that all, all worked out. Sure. So I wanted to manage this property by myself first so as to get some idea how this works since I'm, I was brand new to the uh, multifamily investing. So I, I, I have been doing property management on my own, but the the vacant unit, I've been getting some help from local property managers. I have two contacts in uh, Wildland area uh, where this fiveplex is located who helped me with uh, uh, renting out those uh, units. So basically they did all the application acceptance and credit checks and showings for the units. So I don't have to drive all the way from Brampton to Wildland for an hour and a half. Uh, so I delegated all the work to them. So they, they did their due diligence and, uh, you know, the final approval for the tenant has, has to be mine. So that's what I did. I, I, we did have to reject a few tenants just for, uh, just so they didn't qualify the criteria, but, uh, yeah, though, though they helped us uh, through that part, uh, and, uh, you know, it would just worked out to be fine. Okay. Very cool. What do you think was, the part that was the most difficult for you being a brand new investor starting out, if you can share that, like what are, were some of your challenges or, or sex, like parts of the, you know, the whole investing piece that you're like, oh, this is, this is tougher than I thought. Sure. So, um, you know, the first one is the mindset. My mindset was kind of narrow or I, it wasn't grown up, not involved in the whole community. Uh, so Coming up with the funding for that 20-25% is a little bit, uh, you know, that that's a first hurdle or challenge you have to go through. Uh, but as I put the offer in, I, my mind started working through like, where can I get the money for the down payment? And it, it did come up. And now, uh, just to share, I have another multiplex under contract in Wellwell, which, which I'm looking to, you know, the, the financing part doesn't scare me anymore. So... So I, I know where the money can come from and all that. So that was one part. Obviously, the second part is the managing the tenants uh, and, uh, you know, doing five units at once. It could be scary. Uh, I figured out what my weaknesses are. I don't like to knock on the doors and so on. So I delegated all that to the property management, my handyman. It's just a management job. Like, you know, you have, you're managing these people out in the field working for you to make that work, which you're not good at. So I found my strengths and trying to delegate what, what I don't like and uh, scale up from there based on my strengths. Very cool. Awesome. That's, that's great. And congrats on identifying that and, and realizing if you can delegate it so that you can enjoy the process even more and that you can focus on other things that you, you, you feel like you can do better or that you actually enjoy the process of, then that's, uh, that is great. So the five units is, is awesome. And it sounds like you've got another five unit under contract. So you started wholesaling. So I, want, I do want to pivot and ask you a little bit about that. How did the wholesaling piece come about? Yeah, sure. So last year after I closed the uh, property, this fiveplex, I actually 
started looking for wholesaling. So, you know, I've been watching a few videos here and there and uh, getting to know what the wholesaling world is. So I picked up phone and uh, called a few people from Kojiji and one lady who was willing to sell that property uh, privately, she called me back after a week and we happened to work out a deal. She needed uh, like $2,000 before the closing, which wouldn't happen in a normal uh, transaction. So we were able to give her $2,000 before the closing to help her out, to move out and uh, start a new chapter in her, her life. So that was my first deal we, we closed on. And, uh, you know, afterwards I did two more deals, uh, but that's how I started um, in wholesaling just to get some more funds in, in my business so I can use them to acquire more multifamily. That's where I'm, my focus is for now to acquire multifamily properties this year. Very cool. So that, that is your niche then? That's where you want to focus on is, is you know, the multifamilies like the current one you have? I think so, yes. Yeah, uh, I think multifamily is great. Uh, you know, banks looks at, look at NOI and how you have significantly improved their property. Uh, and uh, with, with the experience I have right now and the, the process I've gone through, I think uh, I, can, I can definitely uh, increase those NOIs based on different strategies which work for a multifamily strategy. Like, you know, you give cash to cash for keys for tenants if they're willing to do that. If any of the units become vacant, then you can pull, put new tenants in, quality tenants not uh, any other tenant and then increase that NOI and take the property back to bank and refinance it again to pull that equity down out. So yeah, that's what I've learned. Like in, in multifamily exit strategy is the first one to think about uh, before you go in and mm -hmm. invest in the property. So think about your exit before you start investing in multifamily. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Well, think about how you're going to pull your money back out, right? Because you, you yes. need to be able to continue. So that's cool. So, I mean, you, now you've got a, a wholesale company or wholesale business, got a little bit of, of experience. First off, congratulations on, on starting a business out of, of that. That is, is really cool. Like, how did you decide to, you know, say, I'm going to start a business. I'm going to get some investors on my, my list and I'm just going to try to find them some good deals. Like, how did you put all that together? Yeah, sure. So um, it, it definitely contributed to a couple of coaches, you know, who have been guiding me, including you, Sarah, and uh, uh, for different deals. So I, I was able to get some funds from those three deals. And then uh, I was able to, you know, I hire a few people like I have a virtual assistant working for me in the Philippines, who is uh, every day working to grow my cash buyer list and uh, doing some other marketing uh, like Kijiji and so on. But uh, yeah, I've been, I, I've been watching uh, and uh, talking to other people who are active in this uh, market right now for wholesaling. So what kind of marketing they do. Uh, so I've been able to establish some of those contacts with other uh, individuals out there in the market. And uh, yeah, you know, what I've learned is uh, once you start talking to people, um, everybody's open to help. It's more about you have to ask for help if you if you are thinking to make it work and uh, people are there to help. I mean, they're willing to give out uh, and some, you have to be able to give out as well. Like you, it's not just about taking uh, taking all the time. Yeah, no, absolutely. 
So when you're, when you're looking for deals, I know you mentioned Kijiji, but if somebody's saying, you know what, I, you know, I think Arun's path is the right one for me, you know, acquire multifamily as your nest egg strategy properties that you keep, and then you can do wholesaling to get some quick cash and to get some cash so that you can acquire your nest egg properties, the ones you're going to keep for a very long time. Where are you finding these off-market deals that you've been wholesaling? How's that work, working right now? Sure. So Kajiji is one way. It has definitely become a little bit more competitive. Everybody's on Kajiji nowadays, whether it's about consistency. You know, the dev deals definitely come through Kajiji. And uh, there are other marketing channels I'm using right now as a flyers, like direct mail to the um, uh, sellers. So what that means is uh, you have a letter you, you, uh, I've been sending out. So where it says, you know, we wanted to buy houses as is condition and, uh, so we make the deal work for the seller. It could be anything based on their requirements, like, like as my first deal was where the lady needed $2,000, which wouldn't happen in a normal transaction. Uh, if the transaction doesn't close, you know, there's a risk of losing that $2,000. So, so you, have to, you have to be creative to make those deals work. So the flyer is another. Uh, I'm also going to be looking at uh, online marketing which is more of a website SEO and other things. But uh, yeah, it's just two, two of those now. And uh, I have partnered with someone else who is actively getting deals uh, through his um, network. So yeah, it's essential to you know, net partner with someone if you, if you don't have deals coming in. So you can connect with someone who knows how to get deals. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the best way to do it, right? Hire somebody or or partner with somebody that can help you get to the next level. And if somebody is interested in finding out more about these off-market opportunities, where can they go? Yeah, they can visit on my website, which is a Shania Properties, S-H-A-N-A-Y-A and properties.com, which was named on my daughter's name. So, and, you know, they can get in touch with me at a buyer at shaniaproperties.com. Awesome. Awesome. Now, are you able to share, I don't need to know exactly, but like just on average, a wholesale deal, like how much money could that bring a wholesaler on average? I know there's a a range, but. Sure. It could go anywhere from $10,000, $5,000 to $70,000 or $100,000. There are deals where people even make $150,000. So, you know, it depends how how good of a deal it is and uh, how much margins are there for the end buyer or your investors to be able to uh, buy and hold that property or buy it or uh, flip it. So as a wholesaler, those numbers has to be punched in. Like you have to run through different scenarios, who are you going to send that deal to? So uh, yeah, I, I do use different calculators to punch in those numbers based on repairs needed in the house, estimated repairs, how much the the flipper is going to pay the realtor and take all those into accounts and then make that offer. And, uh, you, you know, once it's under contract, you can take it to your investor and see who is interested. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. 
Hey guys, I just want to take a quick moment here and pause the podcast to introduce you to one of my favorite contractors, John from Blackjack Contracting Inc. And he has been serving the Niagara, Hamilton, and Brantford areas for the past three years and has become the area's legal basement suite renovation specialist. He works with many investors that I know and some newer investors, some more experienced investors, and he converts single family homes into multiple units, as well as my favorite strategy, the Burr strategy. So he's well-versed in those as well to make sure that we can achieve the maximum value of the property and the maximum ARV. He has also completed over 100 units from Brantford to Niagara Falls and everywhere in between as well. They do everything from permitting to the design to the final cleaning before listing our rentals for rent or for sale. And he's also a fully licensed electrical contractor. He's certified with ESA and he will take jobs of all sizes. So no job is too big. He's done a complete guts really from the ground up. So super impressed with his work and what he's been doing for fellow investors that I know as well. So if you wanted to reach out, his website is blackjack contractinginc.ca and you can ask him whatever questions you have. You can also reach out to him Instagram, which is at Blackjack Contracting Inc. And like he says, he knows that investing feels like the biggest gamble of our lives. So when you have Blackjack on your side, the house always wins. I will also add that there is currently a ban as of April 4th on new permits. So he will still actively work to the law's extent and actively work with investors to get projects planned out for when the ban is lifted. So that way you're not necessarily waiting and waiting and waiting. So guys, 100%, I recommend Blackjack Contracting. I will say that finding the right contractor is sometimes a hassle and getting a good one that works with investors that understands the numbers is going to be critical in our success, especially when doing the Burr strategy. And now back to the show. Yeah, absolutely. So you get it under contract on a uh, agreement of purchase and sale, and then there's an, an assignment contract essentially that you would have, and then you you shop it around. But you're right, you've got to run the numbers because you need to understand what the margins are. You need to understand is this actually a deal? There's tons of investors that you know, or, or wholesalers. Not everyone's made equal, but lots of wholesalers that are like, sweet, I'm going to get a deal. And then they don't leave enough for the investor at the end of the day to be able to make some profit. So it is really important to run those numbers. And, and that's good that you guys do that as well. How has real estate changed your, your life and your family's life as of today and, and throughout this process? Can you share if, if you, you have any, you know, is it, maybe it's all the same. I don't, I don't know, but you know, has, has real estate changed your life at all? Sure. Uh, you know, definitely I can see more potential um, after closing those three deals for wholesale. Uh, the multifamily investing is a long-term game for me. So that's more the, the, the return on that I would start seeing in a couple of years. Uh, so maybe four or five years or 10 years. So, you know, once, once I start refinancing those, that's where money is made on the multifamily. Cash flow is one thing. It could make 500 dollars to the thousand dollars that might not make much of a difference in anyone's life but when you have five or ten of these uh, that's when uh, we start seeing the difference and refinancing is another thing so so the the multifamily hasn't made much of a difference but i can see that equity building up every year um, every month tenants paying my rent appreciation is happening on the top of it and you know all that so but the wholesaling uh, i have been definitely able to produce some cash in my accounts, which I haven't been able to see that before, uh, before jumping into that business. So, 
yeah, you know, it's definitely adding more to my financial security and what is possible. So that's where that wholesaling has uh, given me that idea. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you just started, right? So you started in 2020. I, I believe it was 2020, correct? Yes. So you started in, in 2020. So it's really only been, what, nine months? Yeah, like, uh, yeah, it's been nine. Yeah, it's going to be 12 months. Yeah, soon in couple of months yeah <laughs> yeah it, it it does take some time right it doesn't this stuff doesn't happen overnight and this is why like you, you're you're doing it in a great way in a great strategy where you've got your nest egg and then you've got your quick cash strategies so that you can uh you can do both at the same time and and in terms of of time that you're spending and i know everybody's journey is different but like how many hours are you spending on what you're doing in terms of real estate? And like, where are those hours going? Is it managing? Is it learning? Is it the wholesale? Like, you know, I know you're working still full time, but just for somebody that's brand new, that's, that's wondering, Hey, you know, like if I want to do something similar, what kind of time is ex- expected for, for me to get to, you know, where I want to go as an example, or, you know, depending on, on what the strategy is, but what, what does that look like for you? Sure. So yeah, I've been able, I'm spending, I, I would say less than 15 hours a week or 10 hours a week. That's that time is spent on understanding or uh, marketing, you know, when the next marketing campaign is going to go, which areas it should be hitting, uh, talking to my virtual assistant to see what, what she's working on and what the, what the go forward plan is, uh, other than that, I, you know, I'm still managing my properties on my own. So scheduling some of that time with the handyman, uh, having him go there for yearly inspection or fix few things for different tenants. Uh, and uh, I've been al- I've been also working on writing offers, and you know, there's so many things involved. Like you know, writing offers takes a while, and then you have to send them through. So all that adds up. So it's, it's definitely less than 20 hours a week. Uh, I would say somewhere from 10 to 15. I'm trying to delegate some of that to my BA more so I can focus on the main main parts of the business. But uh, yeah, that that's in, in process right now. So what, like, what's next? Like, what are your goals in the next, you know, and let's just call it 2021, 2022. What are some of the things that you're looking for? Sure. So this year I'm looking to close at least uh, 10 to 12 wholesale deals uh, in the whole year. Uh, the target on my wall was 25 deals, but uh, I'm keeping it to, to 10 to 12. If I can make that happen, that'll be a win for me. Uh, those are the wholesale part, wholesale deals. And uh, for multifamily, I'm looking to acquire two more multifamily properties uh, in this year. So one of them most probably would be my own capital. And uh, other one, I'm looking for partners to come in. Since these are under market deals, uh, you know, and some of the properties like this one in uh, Wellville, I have been able to do some vendor take back on the property. So I don't have to come up with my cash up front. So that's the plan to scale up using different strategies for those acquiring those multifamily properties. So two more multifamily this year and uh, 10 to 12 wholesale deals. Very cool. Are you able to share who you would need on your team to help you get to that, you know, it could be a lawyer, it could be a mortgage broker, anybody, but like, who are some of the important key members that you're going to need to have on your team to get you to those goals? Sure. So first one I would think is uh, the coach. Uh, if you have any questions, uh, definitely need to circle back with someone to check those numbers, you know, see if you want to 
take that action and uh, put put your stuff forward to uh, make the decision. So coach is one. A uh, lawyer is absolutely needed. I've been able to uh, build strong relationship with the uh, Carson Law uh, just doing those three deals, four four deals, or actually five deals. I refinanced my house with them too. So you know, I don't want if you're if somebody's jumping through different lawyers just for uh, uh, some cheaper rates. Uh, that's not uh, that's not recommended. It's it's very important to build a strong. A relationship with them so even if I send an email they get uh, reply right away so mortgage broker is another one uh, property manager or a handyman is needed so uh, and uh, yeah if you have, if you want to jump into wholesaling and don't want to do all the work virtual assistant finding a strong virtual assistant is very critical uh, the one I had she is very consistent in uh, doing Kajiji marketing and so on. Uh, so that had definitely helped me to get some responses. Awesome. How did you find your VA originally? Did you know somebody that was using that service? Did you, you know, like just Google the VA? Like how did that all happen? I just posted on Upwork. Uh, I'm, I'm, I know there are companies who does uh, outsource those uh, resources as well. But, uh, you know, I like to work like uh, one-on-one with someone uh, instead of focusing on um, the company level, uh, their their attention might be more divided uh, in, when you're dealing with the company. So that's where I found her and she has been doing pretty good so far. Yeah, very cool. I have a couple of VAs from the Philippines and it's uh, it's through a company, but they're essentially a VA that's dedicated for me or for the right club or whatnot. And, you know, it, it does help. Like, so like you're listening to this podcast, it gets edited and the picture is put together by the VAs because if I did that, I mean, it would like I would get a podcast done every two months. <laughs> it just wouldn't, it just wouldn't work. Right. So like I can record this and then the VAs do it, but I'll, I'll tell you the VAs are a huge time saver and, and they're not very expensive. Like I want to say for, for two VAs, one is four hours a day. One is two hours a day times five days a week. I think my bill is like five or 600 a month for both of them. Like, let's just call it six hours a day for the VAs. I don't know what yours, what yours are, but it feels very inexpensive in comparison. Sure. Uh, no, absolutely. So uh, yeah, this, uh, this uh, virtual assistant I have, I'm paying her like $200 to do Kajiji marketing, but I'm going to be delegating her more, uh, you know, creating the listing uh, to send it to my investor list. Uh, so she's also working on uh, growing that cash buyer list. So I've been able to grow that significantly. Like I have a couple of hundreds uh, cash buyers in my uh, list right now who will get that listing right away, uh, first ones. So yeah, I'm going to be delegating more stuff to her for sure to help her out and help myself, me out with the business and my, my time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you're, you're good with delegating. I mean, you've delegated a lot of the, you know, management stuff that you didn't feel like doing, which is totally fine to a great property management company. You're delegating, you know, some of this stuff like, you know, I love, I love delegating. I think it's a great way. I mean, you know, manage the managers or whatnot, but you know, delegating what delegating what you a don't like to do or what you think would be better done by somebody else. So you can actually focus on the bigger goals and the bigger things is, is definitely the way to do it. That's awesome. You know, I hate picking up the hammer. I've tried it. (laughs) (laughs) I have, uh, I have, given up and uh, I've tried myself so you know somebody doesn't have to necessarily do all the work there are people to do it and uh, you just have to count those or calculate those numbers in advance or understand how your cash flow is and 
consider those numbers, metrics in there, and those, the, all that can be delegated. I'll just focus on the strengths, which are good at. I, I found my strengths. I'm good at finding deals. I'm making that those deals like work somehow. You know, I will go back to sellers who may not have worked with me in past six months for, for not reaching a deal. I'll continue that conversation and I'll make the deal happen. Like that's, that's what my strength is finding deals, making them work. And then I kind of delegate that everything else, everything else to someone else. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. Well, congratulations on the success. Can't wait to see how, you know, your, your second year in real estate is going, is going to happen for you. I mean, year one, you did a five unit and you did three, three wholesale deals already. So, you know, you're definitely on fire. Congrats. So Arun, the next part of the podcast is a lightning round. So every guest gets the same questions. I'm going to ask you a series of five questions. You're going to give me the first answer that comes to mind. Are you ready? Sure. I'm ready. This week's lightning round is brought to you by Complete Properties. If you need a great property manager to help you in the Niagara, Hamilton, and Burlington markets, reach out to Margaret Cameron at 905-920-7886. She can also be reached at margaret at completepminc.com via email or the website completepropertiesinc.com. All right. So question number one, what is your favorite real estate investing book? Uh, so rich dad and poor dad had definitely striked my mind. So, you know, uh, it, it kind of blew my mind actually, like what works and what does not work in a normal scenario, what we have been conditions conditioned to do. So rich dad and poor dad, obviously after that, there are so many real estate books I've read, but uh, that was the beginning of the whole journey. All right. Very cool. Now, number two, I don't know if you listen to podcasts, but if you do, do you have a favorite podcast in general? It doesn't have to be real estate specific, but do you have a favorite podcast? Uh, yes, I've been listening to Wholesaling Inc.'s uh, TTP, uh, Brent Daniel in US, uh, awesome training and you know, awesome content for anyone looking to do wholesaling. Uh, I also l- listen to some of the multifamily podcasts uh, just to understand how the financing part works and um, how, they, how they how to scale more uh, to reach that goal. Okay, awesome. Great. Number three, what do you do for fun aside from work in real estate? Yeah, so in my free time, uh, kids and my wife and all of us go on trail hiking and sledding. So, you know, just spending time with kids and uh, also exploring new sp- uh, new places. Uh, unfortunately, this year has been COVID struck, so we haven't been able to go out of country. But uh, that's the plan to go do that more uh, once this uh, ban is lifted and we are in a better position. All right, awesome. Question number four, if you lost all of your money and your assets tomorrow, how would you start again? If I lost all my money, um, I would start with networking and, uh, you know, uh, getting to know more people and uh, maybe hire someone uh, to, or do free work if you don't have money to, to, to be able to, you know, get the coaching, coaching side of it. So that's what I will work on most probably. Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely a great tip there. And last question, number five, if somebody has $50,000 and they want to get started, how would you recommend they spend that money? So there are a couple of ways they can use that money to be able to jump into the market. Uh, One is they can hire someone who can uh, guide them how to generate more uh, or they can start with wholesaling maybe uh, you know start with $50,000 generate more cash and once you have down payment for a bigger property you can definitely use that 50000 that way uh, 
but yeah, I think I'll be the one part to go hire someone who has done it before what you're trying to do. And, uh, uh maybe your coach can guide it. I, I'm, there are many coaches out there who pretend to be the best one. So, you, you know, whoever, whoever you feel like going with, um, uh, the genuine ones, obviously go take the leap and uh, trust them and, uh, get that coaching uh, phase. All right. Very cool. Thanks for playing the lightning round. Arun, where can the listeners reach out if they wanted to know more about you? Uh, they can reach me on my website, shaniaproperties.com, uh, S-H-A-N-A-Y-A properties.com. Uh, and they can also directly email me at uh, buyer uh, at shaniaproperties.com. All right. And I always ask this to end the podcast. Any final last words of advice for the listeners? Sure. Uh, I would say, you know, take action. Don't sit on the sideline. I have done that for a few years. I was expecting someone to come and hold my hand and tell me where to invest and what not to invest. But, uh, you, you know, take action, do those small things every day, talk to realtor, talk to wholesalers. Uh, those small things can definitely contribute to a bigger picture in future. Uh, and yeah, get a higher coach. At the end, the action has to be your decision but the coach can definitely open those doors for you all right awesome arun thank you so much for being on the show it was a pleasure having you on and uh, congrats again and uh just keep going you are unstoppable my friend thank you so much sarah thank you hey guys before you go i wanted to ask you a question what's stopping you from starting or growing your own real estate investment portfolio I know for me, before I started, I had plenty of reasons, and at the time, they all seemed very valid, but as I started my journey, these reasons slowly fell away, and eventually, only one reason remained. What was actually stopping me was having a proven, actionable, repeatable system. I didn't have that, and the way that was going to change was by investing in myself, learning, listening, and looking for ways that worked, and also, most importantly, discovering what didn't and not making those mistakes again. Fast forward to today, I now have a proven, repeatable series of action steps that has enabled me to build my seven-figure portfolio consisting of multiple homes, and I'm able to manage that in two to three hours a month. Is that something that you would want? Well, I've actually taken all the knowledge I've accumulated and put that into a comprehensive step-by-step -step online program. It's called RISE, and it's a program that will help you from where you are now to where you want to be faster and with less of the headaches that I had. So it consists of all the templates and the resources that I use, plus over 40 instructional videos that you get lifetime access to for just a small one-time investment. And you know, my recommendation is to make the time now to invest in yourself and grow your portfolio to seven figures so that you can bring your retirement dreams closer. If you want some more information about Rise, just go to sarahlarby.com forward slash R-I-S-E to access more details and book your spot. Thanks so much for listening to Where Should I Invest with your host, Sarah Larby. Make sure to listen in next time. We'll catch you on the next episode of Where Should I Invest.